I'm dead serious. That was the most enjoyable conversation I've had about our book. I mean, we've talked to a lot of people, but that was great. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Derek Grégoire. Derek, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 53 of Easy Conversations. Extremely excited, of course, to be back with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone loved uh, the last episode, and I'm very excited for tonight's episode because, well, you're going to introduce our two guests, but uh, it's a subject that really interests me, so, I mean, I'll let you tee it up for you, Eric. Yeah, no, I'm extremely excited to introduce our two guests today co-authors of the young adult dystopian novel called The Uprising, straight out of Ottawa, the homies Emily Roach and Rebecca Rahm. Say what's up to the people. Hey everyone. Hi. <laughs> super excited to be here. Very excited and very flattered. <laughs> yes. Well, we're super happy uh, you could join us. So, like I said, co-authors of the novel called The Uprising. So before we get into our questions, I'll just give a general overview of the novel. So the book opens with one of our two protagonists called Adrian, who's a teenage girl. And she's been struggling to cope with the fact that her parents and her sister one day mysteriously vanished right before her eyes. So for the last few years, she's just been jumping around from foster home to foster home, going through the motions, dealing with anxiety, a bit of depression, I think is fair to say, through the reappearance of her ex-boyfriend one day, seemingly out of the blue her ex-boyfriend Elliot, she is introduced to the magical world of Ken's, where an oppressive government led by the silencers wishes to suppress individuals who have special abilities. So I'm not going to give too much more away right now, but that's the overview I'm starting off with. So I'll just say, first of all, I absolutely love the novel, crushed it. I love the world that you two built, the characters, the dynamics, the stories, the dialogue, all of it. Thank you. So, Em and I actually went to high school together, and that's kind of our origin story. And like, I always remember you, Em, being like a really good writer in English classes. I remember, like, shout out Madame Garib. She would always give you props in the, those classes, and like, I'm not surprised to see that you've uh, written a novel. So it's awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's our origin story. So now I kind of want to know how you two got together. Like, how did you meet, and where did this idea? come from to decide to write a novel together? Well, uh, we met at university, mainly because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, We both love it. And uh, Em has this leather jacket that she wore to class one day. And I instantly fangirled and I was like, oh my God, I love your coat. You look like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she looked at me like, I've never received a better compliment than that in my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where we we started to become friends. And then we ended up in a group project that was, I mean, as all group projects are, living hell. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we kind of survived that together. And uh, you decided to ask me to write a book with you for some crazy reason. (laughs) And... I even crazier said yes. I still don't know why you did that, but I'm very grateful. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, we were um, we were in class together, and I knew that uh, Becca would was also a, a writer because before we did this, we were both just writing all the time in our spare time for fun, 
to be honest, I, I wanted to make a friend. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have many friends on campus because I had uh, Mackenzie, my daughter. And so I was never really like at the school functions. I was just in class and then on my way home. So I decided to ask Rebecca if she wanted to write the book with me. And I did old school, like slipped her a note, like in class. <laughs> I was like, like I have a proposition for you, and uh, yeah, she said yes, and it was it was a lot of fun. Also, I just want to say that Madame Garib is one of the first people I told about my book. I sent oh, her a really message good. as soon as it's coming published. Full circle, I like it. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. So I like Eric. I also loved your book. Um, like I I couldn't put it down. Like I could have finished. I could have read it so fast, but I had to like I wanted to finish it right before we were recording tonight. And I absolutely adored it. I just wanted to keep going, and but then, yeah. Um, but my que- my first question is: is how did the uprising come about? And more specifically, like, how did you guys create such a vast universe? Like, where did the idea for Ken's come from? Um, so I started writing the book. Uh, I think I got like fifty pages in before I actually uh, asked Rebecca to join, but. By the time we finished editing it, I mean, those 50 pages were probably (laughs) gone and changed and added. And I mean, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's a whole new book. It came from the 2016 U.S. election where our oppressive regime in that book is based heavily on Mike Pence and Donald J. Trump. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You know, we we were given, we were gifted the perfect villains. We really were. (laughs) Yeah. And they just got more and more outrageous as time went on, which is lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the name of Ken's, uh, well, the name Ken's comes from my daughter, Mackenzie. And, but really, I have to give most of the world building credit to Rebecca because if it wasn't for her joining, the book would have pretty much read like a script, like, the dialogue is where I thrive and <laughs> she's just all about the world building. So, well, and it's funny too, because if it weren't for M, my novel would just be a never ending spiel about the color of the trees. Um, and it would never have stopped. <laughs> so we definitely complement each other in that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, uh, a lot of it was just sitting down and, uh, having coffee and just talking about what, another world would look like and kind of the consequences of living under oppression um, and kind of what that would look like for people that were really trying to resist that. So yeah, it was a lot of it was out of like necessity for those characters, but uh, then there's a bunch of random things that are just fun and like, why wouldn't you want that to exist in the world somewhere? (laughs) Okay, right on. So Em, you said 2016, like that's where one of the ideas came from for the oppressive regime. How long did it actually take to write the novel, though? Like, when did you start writing it? Uh, we pro- Well, I started on my own 2016 and Rebecca joined early, early 2017, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think it took us about a year to finish the first draft, which <laughs> funnily enough was only Adrian's perspective. Uh, so okay. the Jackson chapters weren't there at all. And then we sat down, you know, we had run through all the edits and Rebecca said, so are we done? And I said, well, I think you're going to hate me, <laughs> but I would like to add another half <laughs> of this novel. But it was so weird. Like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, of course we're missing half of our book. Like, <laughs> of course it's just not there and it should be. <laughs> So what was the character not in the, like, I'm assuming Jason's character was in the novel and you just wanted to give her her own perspective at that point. Is that 
Yes, exactly. So okay. she was still uh, the exact same character that she is now, but we we didn't see it through her perspective. And we, we thought it was important for the first book to have the perspective of someone who is native to the world of Ken's. And also just, you know, in our minds, we're also thinking of how the trilogy is going to progress. And Jocelyn's point of view is going to be key, in, especially in the second book. So, but yeah. A little foreshadowing. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That and she's just, she's so much fun. So it was one of those things like when we were thinking about like who, whose perspective do we add? um, It was, it was obvious that it kind of had to be Jason because not only is she just a badass, she's a blast to write. Like she's, she makes that dialogue so much fun. (laughs) So we couldn't resist. Yeah. On uh, what you guys have been saying is, is tying into like one of my next questions. Actually, what, it, my question was like, why that the stylistic choice of presenting the chapters from two characters' point of view, which I absolutely adored, by the way. Like they kept it like fresh for me. I was like, okay, next chapter we're getting Adrian's point of view, and, and so I guess you kind of you guys kind of answered that. I just wanted to know like why Jas. I know why Adrian, but why Jason? But you guys kind of already answered that. Yeah, I mean, like, there were other characters we considered, like, we considered um, Jensky, for sure. Legend. Lex. We thought Lex would be a good one. Uh, But the thing about taking Lex was that it would have taken out one of the big surprise elements that we we were looking forward to for our readers. And like I said, it's really for the progression of the trilogy. Like, in book two, it it can't be anybody else. It has to be Jason. And I think that that's, that's, I mean the fun of being the author is that like at that point when we decided to go back and kind of add half of a book, I had already started writing forward on book two. And I think I had made like 50 pages in and like our attentions were divided. Emily was doing the last round of edits. I was writing forward, but even just writing forward, it was very clear that like it didn't work without Jason specifically. And then she's just, she's so much fun. Like once you start writing her, you don't want to stop. <laughs> yeah, my next question was, and I think we're all in the same camp. Like we, I love reading fantasy books and I have many authors I follow. And I just wanted to know what like your favorite fantasy authors were. And did any of those like inspire you when writing this book? Well, let's go with uh, Rebecca who fangirls and almost cried when she met her favorite author. I, I did cry. Um, you did cry. <laughs> I did cry. I met Sarah J. Mass, who is by far one of my favorite authors of all time. Um, she writes the Throne of Glass series and um, A Court of Thrones and Roses. And I met her in Toronto and I got up there and I was like shaking, giddy, laughing hysterically, like couldn't get through the interaction to the point where her husband was like, are, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love her. I love Lee Bardugo. Um, they definitely influence my writing. Like they have very fast paced kind of um, styles with multiple perspectives to the point where sometimes debatably they have too many but that's a fair criticism that I don't abide by and uh I think that that just really influenced the way like I ended up writing stories as well because it's just it's so much fun to read coming from all these different points and places um it just makes it more interesting so definitely had an influence M on the other hand has not read Sarah J Mass. um I'll read it when you read read Neil Schuster yep yeah, that's 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 the deal <laughs> My favorite, uh, not fantasy, but dystopian writer would be Neil Shusterman. 
who writes that he wrote, he wrote the Scythe trilogy and I'm sure the Unwind series. And again, it's really, it's that fast paced, that fast paced tone and speed of his books. That's just so thrilling. And he is such a successful world builder that, um, I, I always find his books. So like they, they just provide you an escape, you know, this escapism at its finest. Um, but my favorite author that influences my writing style the most I would have to say is Kimberly McWright she doesn't actually write fantasy or dystopian she writes murder mysteries uh she has one YA one YA trilogy also but it's it's not fantasy it's sci-fi at best yeah I was gonna say but but yes that scene like that level of intrigue definitely like comes through and especially when we're planning kind of what's to happen like nothing can just be straightforward Yeah, but it's interesting, you know, because like we, I mean, as much as we both love a good fantasy or dystopian novel, neither of us are like rigid to that genre. And I find reading other genres all helps in writing in fantasy. Like, you know, you read a romance novel and it it helps the that part of your plot. You read a murder mystery and it helps with the suspense elements. You kind of like pick and choose what you're going to take. Yeah. And I just want to bring bring it back a little to the two points of view. Like me too. Like Matt, it was the same thing. Like I always look forward to reading the next character's perspective. And like like you said, it keeps it fresh. And if anything, I wanted Jason's uh, chapters to be a little longer. I found that like Adrian had longer chapters. I found so hopefully in book two, Jason gets longer chapters. But we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so um, no, great stuff. And I agree. Like re- for um being an author, like you would want to read different genres to help in areas where you're maybe not as strong, I would say, like for maybe like writing romance is tougher for you, read some romance, right? So I can't, I don't have an author's name off the top for that. They're just throw in there, but right, good stuff. So you kind of touched on this already, just how, like, I want to know about how was it writing together? So was it, you kind of touched on like, M, you were more on the dialogue side and Rebecca on the world building. Yeah. Like, did you always write together or would it be maybe one of you would write out 50 pages and send it to the other and you would edit and vice versa? Or were you always involved together on the writing for everything? Or like, did one of you write Jason's chapters or, and the other Adrian or... Like, how was that all like writing together? Uh, so we split our time. We s- traded off the, the manuscript every two weeks and I would write forward for two weeks or well, I, so I would edit what Rebecca had written and then I would write forward and then we would meet up usually at Zach's diner or a Starbucks and classic spot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd hash out what we wanted to happen next. And then I would send her the document and she would edit what I wrote. And move forward with what she wanted to write. So we always knew the direction it was going, but it was still a nice surprise. And we would like leave each other surprises too. Like, and that was part of the fun. Like, we'd be like, okay, I'm not telling you exactly what I did fix. It went somewhere unexpected. I'm just, I'm excited to have you read it and kind of see what you think. Um, and if you're surprised or stuff like that. Like, it was, it was really fun because as much as you knew where you had plotted to go. It didn't always get there in the same way that you had necessarily planned, 
And so it was always like a fun experiment having like someone be the first reader to say like, oh, this is my reaction. This is what I got from it. And then by the end of it, because we edit over everything so many times, like we review changes. So good old word documents, you can track changes as you go. So every single time, like sometimes you'd read through the whole document when it was your turn to write forward because you just had a little bit more time on your hands. So by the time that Emily gets back, she's editing the whole document. And next thing you know, it's like, who wrote what? <laughs> That's what I mean when I say I wrote the first 50 pages, but I couldn't tell you if any one of those words were still there. Like, <laughs> <Zero> <laughs> it was changed so much over the course. And like Rebecca said, you know, the characters really like, you know, like sometimes I wanted Adrian to do something, but as I was writing it, it was almost as if she was telling me like, mm, no. No, not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and it was just, you know, a little struggle with my imaginary friend. And it was weird because then we would have conversations about them like they're real people. Like, of course, Adrian wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. Like, And it, it, it would be fun, too, because, you know, we were so in sync on so many things that sometimes we forgot that one idea that we had wasn't like part of our communal brain. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I remember we were sitting down for our coffee, and I said, well, they're going to end up at Eleonora's hut. And Rebecca said, who the hell is Eleonora? <laughs> she just hadn't told me. <laughs> oh! Uh, oh. She's extremely right. critical to the plot and the future of the world. But, like, sure. By the way. <laughs> and there was lots of Eleonora moments, like, where little things would come up where it was like, oh, I didn't didn't tell you any of this oh I just had this entire plan (laughs) plotted out and was working towards it and I didn't communicate that to oh our bad okay um but it was funny because they whenever that happened it never like caused a significant bump in the road it was always just like oh okay well I was thinking this and those things are basically perpendicular and we're fine (laughs) yeah yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so it sounds like match made in heaven. I was just gonna ask, like, were there ever some creative differences, or like, yeah, did you really did one of you like push for an idea, and the other one was like, no, that's not going in. So I guess it's awesome. I, I can't think of a time where there was really a conflict like that. I mean, I know that there were times where one of us would make a little edit, and we'd be like, oh, but I really like that part. Don't like, <laughs> can you? Can Why'd you, you cut that? that <laughs> but it was never. No one. There was never an item where one of us felt, where we felt so strongly opposed that it ever caused a conflict. It was, yeah, like you said, match made in heaven. Yeah, and like, I mean, it really came down, like, we definitely had different editing styles. Like, my solution was if something wasn't working to add about 50 pages to make it work. And Emily's was much more practical, which is to cut it. <laughs> so there were definitely <laughs> moments where of like very strong negotiation of me being like, but I really want to keep that line. And Emily being like, but we don't need the line, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the entire scene. And I'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> but in the end, like she said, like there was never anything that we felt so strongly about that the other disagreed on. So it never, never arose as a problem, which was really nice. Like, yeah, we were always very instinct, in, instinct, instinct. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I think one of the things that helped us too is that we would read over, if we saw something was heavily edited, we would read over it without the track changes. And then if something stood up to us as missing or wrong, that was an indication that it, it like we really wanted it reverted back to what it was originally. But if we did, it didn't stand out to us when it was changed, it, it didn't, it wasn't missing from our lives. Yeah, and that was a lot of the time I would see a sea of red and I would just be like, oh no, <laughs> my word babies. <laughs> but then as yeah. soon as I'd read it, I'd be like, 
okay, what did you get rid of? Like, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what it was because I had written, you know, seven sentences about a tree or something (laughs) that just weren't critical whatsoever. (laughs) Well, I like I thought the book was a perfect blend of like description and dialogue. Like it wasn't neither were it was too long like it's agreed who hates like i nobody likes reading a book where there's like three pages describing like well i mean some people <laughs> yeah. do but like maybe you know, rebecca, you know maybe rebecca <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> that's what i'm gathering <laughs> but you know what i bet she wouldn't like reading a book that has three pages of description she just really thoroughly enjoys well correct me if i'm wrong writing three pages of description that's exactly they're it. two very different hobbies <laughs> right? because it's my that's own where M comes in to chop down three two and a half pages of <laughs> yeah Read that balance. I'm like, if that was me and I was reading this, after I got through two par- paragraphs of a tree, I would like just, you know, <laughs> Next. skip along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I'm, I'm on the same page as Matt. Like, it was the perfect balance. And that's actually, next question I had was, what was the hardest part of writing for you? Like, dialogue for me, I've always found is something that's difficult to read. And I found that to write I mean I found that this dialogue was very relatable real it never felt like cringe or forced and um, yeah I mean I'm big props on the dialogue for sure because for me like I said that's something that I find t- hard to write so I want to know for you too what was the hardest part to write I don't want to give anything away but there's a couple deaths those were hard and like they were sa- don't get me wrong like we enjoyed doing it because <laughs> it makes us sound so <laughs> psychotic (laughs) no no there were great deaths you should be proud of them (laughs) it was hard and like it wasn't hard at first like tell me what you think em but i found it wasn't hard when i was writing it like the first time and it was bare bones and we were just kind of getting all the pieces down for that kind of end sequence but it was like after it really started to come together like because like you started getting emotional and I was like, this is really good, but I don't like, I don't like this. (laughs) Um, That was probably the hardest, especially because like you're supposed to be focusing on like where are people are like have the correct, are are the numbers lining up or the details matching up? Does it make sense? Is it flowing properly? And instead you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) But what about you, Ab? What do you think? Uh, I would say the hardest part for me was to give uh, each character their own voice. Like, um, because really it's it's us two writing them. And, you know, we wanted to give Jensky his own voice, Lex her own voice, Adrian her own voice. The goal was to sort of, you know, if we had a little bit of speech and we hadn't said who it was, we wanted the readers to be able to say, yeah, that definitely was Jason who said that. You know, and I think that that was... That was probably the hardest part for me, especially, you know, I work uh, in corporate writing as my nine to five. And so sometimes I reread something I wrote and I'd written something like, I can certainly appreciate why you would feel this way. However, and I'm like, no, people don't talk like that. That's just how I write in a corporate fashion, in a corporate environment. How does this affect the stakeholders? Yes. <laughs> However, our policy is, and I must reiterate... <laughs> Leave that stuff at the office. No one yeah. wants to read about that in the novel. <laughs> but it, you know, the, your your writing style bleeds in, and so it, it's uh, it was an act of compartmentalization, I guess, and role playing to a certain extent. Yeah, and I, like as kind of time went on, it, I found it became easier too. 
Like, once we got to know people a little better, our characters, not people, they're not real people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that, yeah. And, and I, I'm with you, Eric. Like, the dialogue felt so real. Like, I was, like, I could kind of relate to some of the characters and, like, I, I, I could almost, like, see every character's point of view and why they weren't doing certain things, like, especially in the first half of the book when Adrian's a little mad about, like, why aren't people telling her anything? And I love that whole dynamic. Uh, but my next question is, um, like, the four magical abilities in the novel, why those specific four and, like, how did you come up with them? But, and also, are there any that didn't make the cut that you would have liked to have seen in there? Oh, there wasn't anything that really hit the floor on that one. Yeah, we kind of always knew. I think they were all, I think we came up with all of them pretty uh, pretty quickly. And I think that, you know, our, our goal was to find powers where it was enough to really differentiate these characters. But they were passive powers. If they weren't passive enough, the government never would have been able to get control over these people, right? If these are, if they have very active powers, like super strength or... Or the ability to, like, to move things. Yeah, yeah control fire. The government couldn't have oppressed these people. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was one of the considerations, is that the powers had to be passive enough. But I think they kind of just came pretty naturally. It all started with um, the evoker. Evokers and being an empath. Because I think both of us have struggled in the past with with our own sort of mental illness. And I know... Like my therapist has told me that I have over empathy. So, you know, like someone hurts their finger and I, my finger hurts for the rest of the day. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but that's not a normal thing. Like empathy is a good quality, but you know, (laughs) you need to also not have a sore finger. (laughs) It's to the point, like we're in job interviews when people ask me like, so what's your flaw? You know, like some people go with perfectionist. I straight up say empathy and I'm not lying. (laughs) Like that is... That is really, I think we both feel like one of the biggest crippling kind of forces in our lives. So yeah, to make that a superpower is kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought I was super original. Like I I was like, I I loved everything. And like the way Adrian was feeling like. It was funny because, you know, uh, like I said, Rebecca and I having both had our fair share of uh, uh, difficulties with mental illness whenever there would be something difficult that would come up if I wrote it Adrian cried and if Rebecca wrote it Adrian went to have a nap and I was like she's the leader of this like we have to stop making her cry and stop making her sleep like <laughs> it's like you can tell how we both deal with our respective troubles in life <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm this over here depression napping my way through in my existence <laughs> Of course, Adrian needs to take a nap right now. She's the leader of the rebellion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, me too. Like, I thought they were super original and really different, and, like, really super cool uh, traits for the characters in that world. Definitely big fan. And speaking of the world and just like the story itself, um, had you fully like brainstormed or storyboarded the entire plot before you began writing the first book with? like a concrete starting, middle, and ending, or kind of figuring it out as you go. And I guess that would also apply and extend to future novels. Like, do you already know how the third book is going to end and you're slowly yet surely getting there? So when I... 
both. Yeah, at the very beginning, like before Rebecca saved me from myself, I mean, because if she hadn't joined, this probably would have been one of the other 50 unfinished stories that I've began that's in my folder on my computer, right? Ditto. (laughs) But this started out as like a a murder mystery in my mind. And then I was like, no, it's going to be this. No, it's going to be that. And Adrian sort of guided me as to how it was going to go. Like it just sort of came about. I think that our, the extent of our planning for the first book was really those, those coffee breaks that we'd have every, every two weeks. Although, of course, there were some times, you know, where I'd be at the gym and I'd call Rebecca and I'm in the middle of doing, like, sprint intervals. And then she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I have two minutes because I have to sprint again. But this is what's going to happen. And I'd be like, of course <laughs> I have this really going to happen. <laughs> are you near exactly your computer? Because I'm not. <laughs> there were a lot of those calls. Um, and, like, at very random times. And, like, like text messages if I didn't answer being like, you need to call me right now. You don't understand. I know exactly what's happening next. <laughs> yeah, You're going to love um, it. <laughs> I, I think we, you know, for book two... We uh, we planned that one a lot more in detail before writing. We did throw that plan out the window. You remember our cork board? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it did guide us. I mean, I think it would have been I think it would have been hard to plan the first book entirely because we didn't know our characters yet, really, and we didn't know the world yet. Like we were just meeting all of these elements too, and so it would be hard to have perfectly crafted that in advance. Yeah, um, a lot of writers talk about being a pantser or a plotter, which is you write by the seat of your pants or you plot out the whole book first and then write it. And I think that we would both like to think that we were capable of plotting. Like, we definitely talk like we plot, um, but we're pantsers. Like, we're definitely pantsers. Because <laughs> even when we do have a plan, like, it, it's very loose when it works. And as soon as we get specific just throw it out the window (laughs) it does not happen (laughs) we have guidelines yeah guidelines is a great (laughs) word that's exactly it loose guidelines loose guidelines like we know how it's gonna end in like a general sense but like do we know how it's gonna end no (laughs) because like as much as we think we do we might start writing it and then adrian will be like "Mm, i don't want to do that and we'll be like okay I'm taking a nap first. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to save the world, but first... First we nap. Has anyone seen my pillow? <laughs> okay, right on. And in, correct me if I'm wrong, but having that, like, not everything set in stone, like, didn't that allowed you... Like, you guys did not have a bunch of arguments because of that, right? Like, you guys were very open to changes. Yeah. Which is uh, great. That's probably very true, yeah. The more mm. I think about it. Because, like, even, like, if I would get stuck... I would call Emily and I'd be like, okay, I don't, I can't write. I don't know why I can't write. There's a block. Like, what, what are we doing? What's coming? What's happening next? And sometimes we would talk and we would talk through all the points and I'd be like, I've got it. I'm going to write something completely different than everything we just said. Um, and it's going to happen in like five chapters, but I'm just, I'm going to go write it. And we would just make that work. Like we would, sometimes it would have to be thrown out, but there was always something usable in it um and we were really good back and forth about like utilizing what we came up with in those kind of moments of inspiration and like helping each other get to that inspiration when we needed to excellent and my next question is just like is there a character you relate to the most i know who i want to say (laughs) and i know who the real answer (laughs) is as well (laughs) like i wish it was jason it's not jason (laughs) 
it's definitely Adrian. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I think, well, I think there are pieces of all of the characters that I relate to. You know, as we write the the second novel, you know, there are pieces of the villains that you can relate to. Those are some of the best pieces mm. to write. All right. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, the classic, you know, people doing the wrong thing, but for the right reasons, you know, you can see in areas where uh, the stakes are so high, how you could be so hard set on one right way to do something. Yeah, so I don't know, I guess I, I relate to little pieces of, of everyone. That's a good answer. Can I change mine? Can I, can I copy yours? <laughs> but like, I kind of like took a piece from every character and there was some good in them. Like even like Ashlyn, I kind of understood her point of view, like why... Like, I totally understand that, even though I don't agree. It's, like, from her point of view, you know, I don't want to get into details. It's kind of, like, for, yeah. That makes Anyways. me really happy to hear, though, actually. Like, that was yeah, something that well, we really wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you look at Ashlyn, and she was, like, she, you know, she was leaving the war for the resistance for so long. And then you have a new face coming who says that she's going to change everything. And you have Ashlyn, who's lost a lot of people in the past, and why should she just pass the torch? Matt's Eric, way more your... open-minded than me. Like, what's I was answer, not a, I was, I wasn't on Ashlyn's side at all. But like, that's a good point that you make there. That you can under, like, you should understand her point of view as well. But like, we're following Adrian and seeing her point of view, so obviously it's much easier to just side with her, right? <laughs> so, um, I, I was a huge Jensky fan. Like, I love conflicted characters and <laughs> gray characters, especially which I think he is and definitely a lot of potential there. And uh, I had another question kind of in relation to the characters, like did some people in your real lives inspire you for, for specific characters, like with maybe without giving names away or like, if you wanted to give names, sure. But, uh, <laughs> just wondering if like you had like, a, if you had one person that, you know, kind of in mind for a character you wrote, just wondering. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so <laughs> So I think that, again, it, it's a similar answer to my previous, uh, the previous question where, you know, little pieces of everyone that everyone in our lives went into different characters. But then I think the only people that we, <laughs> we really like some people got named after people in our lives. Um, but those are just the villains. We didn't do that to our. Yeah, to we definitely took ones. a little <laughs> bit more liberties with that in book two, um, which I'm very excited for people to read. Um, yeah, we definitely had a little more fun with uh, pointing maybe some fingers, I guess. <laughs> maybe we try not to hit anything too on the nose. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some inspiration from people in our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I just wanted to get some names, but it's all good. <laughs> Politically correct answers. <laughs> just kind of for fun, I was wondering, like, if ever these became movies down the road, did you have any actors in mind to play? Some, like, is that something you thought of? Like, okay, I could see this actor playing Adrian. I don't know. Do you have anyone for us off the top here, if you hadn't given that some thought? Or? Uh, I think, well, for uh, Lex, I always pictured Lily Collins. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Great choice. That was sure. like, that still is who I picture. For a while, we talked about Zac Efron as Elliot, which was kind of fun. Yeah, but like not currently. Like Zac Efron, like like a while ago. Like post High School Musical, but but pre right now. Exactly. Yeah. 17 again. That's 17 again. <laughs> yeah, kind of, Neighbors. Yes. Neighbors. Okay, okay. Maybe yeah. a little less buff. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, if we're being picky. We had, um, we talked about a few different people in terms of Adrian for a while, but I don't think we ever settled on like one person. No, I know that we have a, there's a, someone on uh, TikTok? TikTok that we both follow, uh, like a, a book talker and she does that cosplay and a lot of reenactments and she's our Jason, like in our mind, you know, we're, but we're actually planning on sending her a copy of our first book and maybe even the manuscript to our second because we're hoping she'd be the cover for the second oh, novel. Wow. Yeah. Like, we kind of love her. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's funny because we both, like, fell in love with her videos and then afterwards we had the conversation, like, this this is... Who, I'm kind of picturing this girl from TikTok as Jason. Are you down yeah. with that? <laughs> like, as we were kind of talking about what the cover was going to look like. So... Yeah, that would, that would, if that happens, I'll cry. I'll be very happy. And then as we always say, when we're on Ellen, we will mention that this was part of our plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we always talk about when we're on Ellen. That's a, that's a fun conversation to have. Yeah. (laughs) Dream big. I like it. Why (laughs) not? Yeah, like if ever you need like someone to just stand in the background, I don't know if you know, I've been in a couple of movies as an extra, so I do have the credentials to just, I could even give me a couple of lines, you know, I'm trying to expand my I just started background acting so. too, Thinking. so there we go. I was yeah. just in a Christmas okay, movie. right on. Yeah. Okay, this is happening then, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my plan is to get the like experience, so when our book far. is made into yeah. a movie, it's just a natural yeah, for me to be in every scene. Yeah. Just crushing drinks. <laughs> Crash and drinks at Jay's. <laughs> I have another question, actually. Um, yeah, I just came. This just on the spot. Like whenever I read a book, like action scenes are always like the the deal. Like it's gonna hit, make it or break it for me. Like the way fight scenes are described, or warlike scenes, or just like the climax. Or and I loved how you ladies wrote. Like the last, I think fifty pa- or eighty. The last eighty pages, I had to like. Like, I, I couldn't put the book down. I was like, I got it. Like, it was just so compelling the way you, you ladies wrote it. And I'm just wondering, like, was it really hard, like, writing fight scenes or action scenes? And it, it just seems to me like something that'd be hard to do and to, like, fo- make sure every... Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So I think it came... I mean, in general, the concepts came pretty natural to us of how we wanted it to to play out. But we did sit down with... um. Nicolas Seguin and Sarah-Anne Perron from Be Good Martial Arts. Nice. And they would read through what we wrote and we're like, so how would someone stop? Like, what would you, what would you do if someone's swinging a sword at your head? And they're like, oh, well, you would obviously do... Well, you would do an X block. And we're like, oh, <laughs> So of then course. they would reenact it for us in Starbucks. Which, like, looking back, that was, we probably look crazy. We're all, like, sitting there like this and you and I are just, like, typing away. Like, oh, that's so good. Tell us more. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, there'd be times where I'll be sitting down and like, hey, well, what's a good word for a punch that isn't a jab? Because I just said jab, and it's got to be, you have the word right in it. He'd like, you know, he'd be like, oh, right jab. And then Sarah would be like, she just said not jab. (laughs) (laughs) So they really, they really helped us with our language there. So yeah, they were great. That was good. But I think um, how we saw it playing out was, it, it was playing out like a movie in our heads. Yeah. At one point, we did draw a very like rudimentary little diagram of the kind of field but like it was never like once we kind of had it 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 just came very naturally like we kind of knew how we wanted it to feel I think if that makes sense um and we were really concerned about pace and like 
the feeling of that pace um, and making sure every all the tension rose a kind of right increment. And that that scene, like we edited that quite a bit, but like the kind of beats of that whole sequence like came very easily. Like it just, yeah. Like once we had the beats, like a lot of nitpicking around the details to make sure it made sense. Like, especially when it came to counting kids, which hopefully doesn't give too mm-hmm. much away to make sure those numbers all made sense. Yeah. The, the beats came naturally and it was fun. Cause like we got to like talk about it. Like it was a movie for us. Like, how does this going to look? <laughs> yeah. And I think it was, it's interesting, you know, cause like that action scene, like you said, like it's, it's one of the most pivotal parts of the book. We wrote that part so quickly. And then there's something as small as like, okay, well, what's Elliot going to say the first time he sees Adrian? And that oh takes my us God. like a week. Yeah, We're, that was so hard. <laughs> We're like, okay, like we can destroy an entire slate of people, but how are we going to say hello? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Which word? <laughs> But no, to me, like that action scene, I could picture it clearly in my head. So me kudos too. to you there. It was super easy to read. And like the whole novel, really, I, the, like I said a million times, the world building was so easy to just follow along and see in my mind's eye. So good job on that for sure. Um, one of the things like I liked the most about the novel was just like dealing like how much emphasis you put on the theme of anxiety and just like, strains on mental health and taking on a leadership role that you're meant to take on and not being sure about realizing your full potential and just like struggling with leadership and stuff and like that's stuff that we can all relate to in every day like in career wise for sure and just like in social settings there so I just want to say that's something I really enjoyed as well other than like the multiple deaths at the end, you know, all the, the fighting and stuff there. So how important was that for you to put that in the novel, like as a central theme? Yeah, the anxiety stuff came pretty naturally to both of us because we've both dealt with our share of it. And it was, it was something that I think was really important to us that we saw the cost. Like it wasn't la-di-da, I show up at this new world, great, now I'm going to take over and just like be in charge, no problem. Like that just, that isn't realistic. And um one of the stories that resonated with me a lot growing up was the Hunger Games. And I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody knows the Hunger Games now, thanks to those movies that were great. Thank you, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, But for me, it was always Mockingjay that really, like, spoke to me because she reaches that really kind of crucial breaking point. And, like, her struggle was really apparent that it it wasn't an easy thing. And I think for both of us to be, you know, dealing with this in day to day rudimentary lives it was important to us that we saw that with someone extraordinary yeah I first of all Becca I just I think it's really funny that the part that you think is unrealistic is that she wouldn't just fit into this leadership role easily not the fact that she went to a whole new world to take on the leadership role of a resistance (laughs) against an oppressive regime I mean you're right that part would be totally unrealistic (laughs) but am I wrong (laughs) um Okay, yes. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, like Becca said, I think that part came pretty naturally to us. And I think we also really wanted it to be not something that she needed to fix. You know, nobody is trying to fix that part of her. It's just, it just is part of her. And she's working to, to learn how to work through it. But really, like, a lot of her anxiety comes from 
the parts of her that make her such a good leader. We wanted that to be, you know, it, it wasn't something that was broken. To bring it back to like, you started the 2016 election, as his presidency was going along, were you guys like getting more mad and like, okay, we gotta, we gotta make, we gotta change, reflect this in the book and like change stuff with the silencers and like, did that have an effect on the book? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, uh, once we had our, our inspiration, then our characters took on a life of their own. Um, I think the only thing that we got really more petty with is that, well, I'm not sure if you know this, but 10% of our profits go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, um, and we will be donating them in Mike Pence's name. Yeah. <laughs> Planned Parenthood will get a donation from Mike Pence. And I would say it definitely influenced us writing book two probably more as we kind of wrote more and more of our villains. We definitely have one line that is... Uh, yeah. pretty much direct quote yeah and uh <laughs> and made a great tiktok about it um which i can't believe i'm saying but <laughs> um but uh yeah she made a great tiktok about it being like we didn't think we could say such ridiculous things and people would believe them but thank you because you've just proven that the leader of the free world can say this and everyone's just gonna continue on with their lives so yeah we yeah. definitely got a little bit pettier <laughs> I think one of the things that influenced us wasn't so much their um, their administration's development, but it was the development of the of their followers and just how critical their indifference was. You know, because I think that a lot of people who support that administration will say, you know, well, we're not racist, we're not ableist, we're not sexist. It's like, yeah, okay, but but you're tolerating it, like you're you're indifferent to these things that that they are saying to the eradication of basic human rights. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what good they're doing, your indifference to that is playing a pivotal role in other people's oppression. And I think that was something that really fed into our, our novel. That and the, their use of the media started to really kind of influence when we wrote book two. Um, that was something that we're both graduates of communications. So we spent a lot of time talking about advertising, media in general. Yeah, it was really interesting to us kind of watching the whole build-up, A, to the election, where we both were in that disbelief. I think a lot of people were um, kind of watching the news that night and crying, being like, how is this How is this happening? And not really understanding just how we got to that point. That kind of really led a lot of critical thinking into that kind of aspect of the world in general, um, and definitely influenced us and some tactics uh, for our heroes moving forward. Well, I'm excited to see how that'll incorporate itself into book number two. How, um, how far along are you in um, the writing process of book number two, and uh, when can we expect to see that released to the general public? So we've, we've finished drafting it, um, and we are just about to send it off to, to the editors for their review and then after that it'll be it, I mean I'd like to say three months probably yeah is our is our goal for when it'll be out yeah it's 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 one of those things it kind of crawls and then it goes all at once um yeah it, yeah. yeah it's 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 an interesting experience <laughs> um do you have a name for the second book or can you if you do can you not reveal it or whether this be like a world premiere hey I am <laughs> I mean I am feeling like Beyonce ready to drop my baby's name, but that's up to Becca, I guess. <laughs> you know, if I'll leave it up to you. I'm good either way. 
All, all right. So our book two is called The Infiltration. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Got it. And it's funny because we, we've known that for a very long time. <laughs> and it's been killing me Sweet. not to say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to read it because like I, that, like the last, the epilogue or the last chapter, mm-hmm. I absolutely adored. I was like, oh, I, I just want more of this. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot more of that okay. of that part that... Of, of Ken's in book okay. two. But yeah, like we definitely had a lot of fun playing up that kind of side of the book. Just really deep diving into that. And I think we're both super proud of book two. Like, like we knew we were good, but like I almost like didn't know we were this good. <laughs> In like throughout the book, that the Jason and Jensky interactions were my favorite, and it like Gold. you guys just kept giving me morsels, and like I wanted more, and then it would it would end, and I'm like, okay, I can't wait till like their next time they meet up and they're alone. And I was like a little kid, like I want to know, like, I want more to happen. Yeah, I, I can totally relate, man. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, no, those chapters ended so quickly. It seemed, or maybe it's just because I was flying through them, and not to say that I wasn't for the Adrian chapters, enjoyed them as well. But it's just like I don't know. Jason is like kind of, even though we know a bit about her past and like everything she's suffered through and has survived throughout her young life, we still don't know. Like, there's a lot more that I want to know about her personally. Like, that's how I feel. Like, there's more mystery around her. I feel and. She's so badass, like you said, and like I'm happy to see that she'll be the star, uh, star uh, on the cover of the next book. So infiltration, Jason, let's go. <laughs> well, I think that I. Well, I'm not sure. I think that Rebecca would agree with me. Um, Adrian was really our main character in the first book, even though we had the split, the split narrative. And I would say that Jason is our main character of the second book. Yeah, she carries the plot for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like, it's so much fun. <laughs> Like, everything that was fun about Jason in book one is just, like, amplified to the max. But we definitely, like, the cool thing about her is that she grows so much. And, like, she grew a lot in book one. Jensky was definitely a big part of that. But, like, we put her through some shit in book two. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really excited for you guys to get your hands on it. (laughs) Since it's a trilogy, like, the second book is so pivotal because everything's already been introduced. And if you look at like movie trilogies or a lot of like book trilogies, it's like that second part, that second book or movie is like, it's key. It's the transition to like the end and like, and you're saying it's full of action and you're going to like, I'm day one by, you know, for for sure, for sure. You know, we've talked about the world building that happened for book one. I think that when you're writing a trilogy, especially fantasy, especially if it's in another world, you know, the first book of a trilo- the first installment of a trilogy is going to take up a lot of the time that you spend in the book is going to be describing the world, describing these characters, uh, showing you what's different. And so book two is really where you get to to push the plot along, because if we hadn't had to build up Ken's, not that it was a chore, but, you know, if we hadn't spent all that time building that world, the book would be like, you know, itty bitty. <laughs> Whereas in the second book, it's really, it's, it's a lot more action, a lot more happens. Yeah, you can just dive right in. Like, you don't need to explain everything and we know who the characters are and stuff. And uh, yeah, straight, straight up action, infiltration. Oh, I'm so excited for people to read it. Yeah, because it is. It's just every time I think about it, like, I remember, oh, yeah, that happens too. Like, 
we crammed so we always knew that we needed to do a lot with book two to get to kind of where we're going for book three. Um, like you said, it's kind of the critical book in a trilogy. <laughs> we fit a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are new characters. There are there's a whole there are whole new settings. There are um, new relationships, and you know, there's there's mourning from from people that we lost in book one. You know, you don't want to make little of the grief, but the grief can't hold the characters back. I mean, there's a there's a war a brewing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be a lengthier book? It is longer, yes. Yeah, okay, not I by like a lot, that. but yeah. Not by that much, no, but it is longer. And it but like feels I said, longer. there's not as much world building. So even though it's it's not that much longer, it'll probably feel like there's a lot more that happens. Yeah, I would definitely say that. It feels a lot bigger than its pages. Did you consider for the second book maybe to introduce another character's point of view? Like, or you're, you decided, like, from the start, we're just going to do Jocelyn and Adrian for this one. Like, you knew, like, it worked for the first one. We're going to keep this going. Or did you want to have others in there as well, like, different points of view? Or We did consider it. And I think, uh, well, it came down to two things. Is one, of them was which, one of which is that we wanted the consistency of, you know, we didn't, like... I've read trilogies before where the authors keep adding new perspectives. And I mean, it doesn't always feel unnatural, but sometimes those short chapters where you're tra- jumping, you're jumping even more. And so you have less time to really invest in a character. And also, I think it was it was a debate of, is it going to be for fun or is it going to be for the reader's benefit? Because, I mean, we could have had a lot of fun writing a lot of people's perspectives. Like Jensky was so would tempting. would the readers really benefit from another perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Like as much as we wanted to do it for the sake of us getting to enjoy being in that character's perspective, it wouldn't have done anything for the plot. So as much as it's, it's not for this book, I'm not going to discount it ever, but cause maybe we'll finish book three and Emily will come to me and be like, you're going to hate me. I'm so sorry, but we're missing a whole perspective, <laughs> which we know happens. <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, at this point, like we've got our two kind of sides of the coin and Adrian and Jason complement each other perfectly for like what we're setting out to do, which is great. <laughs> I mean, I personally would have loved to written a chapter from, to have written a chapter from Garrett's perspective, the, the disciple who, um, you could have written the whole book from his perspective happily. <laughs> He's my baby. I love him. <laughs> the prologue is from his perspective and it just, it wasn't enough for me. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like when you dip your toe sometimes, right, that happens. Like you just, you become so infatuated with that voice. Um, but yeah, for me, it was Jensky. That was the one that I was so tempted. Like I really, I could have easily been like, all right, <laughs> welcome Jensky. This whole book is now your point of view. <laughs> I would also be nervous though to write a book from the perspective of a male. Yeah. I, cause I, I, I just would be, I don't know. I don't know why, but it, it just, I feel like I would be trying to force it too much to write in a male perspective. Not that it, should be that much different than a female perspective but in my mind I think I would just I feel like it also it just opens a door for a certain type of criticism that I'm not into hearing if that makes sense <laughs> totally understandable like, yeah no, for sure. that's a whole other talk we could talk about oh yeah we could go deep together. down that hole <laughs> yeah. maybe one day but just 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 not yet for my for my writing I'm not 
I'm not ready to. Could be like a the director's cut, maybe like a Jensky book as well, just like on, on the side there. Who knows? We'll pull a Stephanie Meyer and release ten years later. <laughs> a whole Send book a copy to Matt and I. We'll let you know how it is. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like all the male characters were written, like, like I like I read a lot of like I'm always reading, and like this book did not have anything like that. I was like nothing confused me. And it would just, it had a great like pace and that's like huge for me because I don't, I hate reading a book and I always have to finish the book I start reading, but this I had like, it was easy read and I wanted more at the end. And isn't that like, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Such a nice thing to hear. Yeah. To me, it kind of like reminded me of a fellowship of the ring style where like the buildup of the book is like the whole world building. And then the end you get like a big battle and big something that happens at the end kind of i don't know anyways that's just how i'm seeing it right now that makes me so happy. That comparison me. that's probably day. my favorite compliment i've ever heard <laughs> not gonna get into like what everything that happens at the end there but that was definitely there are a lot of twists along the way as well like at least two three that i can recall that like were really well executed for sure we kind of already touched on this like character analysis and stuff, but like, do you, and I know you do like Jason a lot, but do you have a favorite character? If like, one that isn't Jason, maybe, or I think in the first book for me, it was, well, although I do love Jensky, I think for me in the first book, it was Jason and Jensky. I feel like my therapist should, would tell me that I should say that the, my favorite character is the one I identify with, but no. <laughs> well, and like, uh, there are characters you love for different reasons too. Like, I absolutely love Teddy. Like, Teddy is my whole heart. But, like... But, like, Jason is so much fun to write. Jensky's so much fun to write. Like, Elliot... There's even, like, a, a real enjoyment to writing Elliot. Like, he's so consistent. Like, Elliot was always there. <laughs> like, always knew what his voice was gonna be. Yeah, that's hard. I don't know. Favorite is a hard word. There's, I definitely have favorites. <laughs> I think my favorite character in book, my favorite characters in book two, funnily enough, are Garrett and Ashlyn. I mean, funnily enough, I just said I was obsessed with Garrett, but just, I mean, funnily enough, because he's like responsible for the mass, for like massacres upon massacres. And, uh, you know, you look at like Jason's trauma, he's, he was the driving force behind it. And then you have Ashlyn who led to so much chaos at the end of the book and who was just self-righteous to a fault. And yet I really, I thoroughly enjoyed her character development in book two. So I don't know, my, I, I, I changed, I think in my first book, it was Jason and Jensky. And then in the second, it's Garrett and Ashlyn. There's a new character in book two that I'm definitely, definitely got a little soft spot for I won't I don't know if I should say her name but uh she's she's a new character and uh she just I kind of like came to Emily one day and I was like so there's this girl (laughs) and it was an Eleonora moment all over again it was like of course like she's got this whole backstory that absolutely does not matter but uh is totally relevant (laughs) um (laughs) that I fully thought out and uh she looks like a Disney princess and Em was just like uh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, uh, I kind of, 
immediately saw her running through a burning forest. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment. And like, I don't even know if that part actually ends up in the book at this point. <laughs> I think we send her away. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. Like, you just, you never know who's going to be your favorite until the book's done and you're rereading it for that final edit. And it's like, oh, yeah, you really came through. <laughs> and I, I think something that really helped us with writing book two is that we had different favorite characters. Like in the in book one, you know, we both loved Jason and Jensky. And so those characters really thrived. You know, I mean, you guys have both said it. Um, other people who have reviewed our book have told us similar things about Jason and Jensky and just loving them. And I think the fact that we both have different favorite characters in book two uh, strengthens them. Yeah, I would agree. It, with, more people get their moments, so to speak. Yeah. I want to see the homie Braylon shine. I feel like he's also really consistent, like just always upbeat, positive, and uh, great guy. Right? He's just, he's someone that you just like want to be your bro. Like, yeah, for sure. He's solid. He's a homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about book two and I'm getting sad. <laughs> Tough stuff ahead for Braylon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Every good character needs to go through some stuff. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> Rise from the ashes. Uh, Come on, Braylon. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so fun to hear kind of like consistently from readers who really like stood out for them as those characters that they loved. Um, because it really gives us a clear path on like who to really mess with going into future books. <laughs> Which isn't nice, but it's definitely fun as a writer. <laughs> Emily's maybe not as mean as me. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm not as mean. I would say I'm not as gory. Like, sometimes Rebecca's writing, I'll read it, and I'm like, Rebecca, this is a teen novel. <laughs> this is in the teen section. <laughs> sometimes this I go a little came and die, but we do not need to describe it like this. <laughs> I thought you said you had a hard time killing characters off. Seems like you thrive at it. <laughs> I definitely like it's that description issue. <laughs> the same I think way I described too for Braylon, um, <laughs> because you know, being Elliot's best friend, and then the fact that Adrian saved him and used all of her, all of her ability at the end to save him. The collateral damage that came after that, because Adrian was no longer in the game. You know, it's a huge thing for him to go through, and. It affects other people's relationships with him as well, because even though of no fault, it's no fault of his own. He is the reason to a certain extent that a lot of a lot of tragedy unfolded. Even though he had no say in the matter, he's still the reason. So fun to play with. <laughs> so like at that moment and when I'm reading like that, like the end and the big the big death, like the big moment and you guys caused like. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes I'll be reading a, a good book or watching an amazing movie and my like my my jaw will drop and I'll lose sense of time and I just stop watching or stop reading because I'm like I like I don't want to continue. And I knew that moment was coming in the in the book. Like I could see it and then and then you guys threw like like a curveball and I'm like like I didn't want to keep reading. I was like oh. <laughs> And I would just like, it's the perfect escapism. Like, I didn't think of anything except that moment, me reading that part in the book. And it, it happens a lot. Like, I love that feeling, basically. And you guys, like, made me feel that. So, thank you so That's much. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric, I take it back. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, like, it's true. It just, it ha- like, I get, like, chills, too. Like, mini goosebumps. And it's like, no. But I really get into reading. So, like, I love, like. It was interesting because, uh, you know, when we, I remember we were sitting down for coffee. And I said, I have some bad news. And Rebecca said, what is it? And I said, he's got to die. She's like, does he? I was like, he does. <laughs> and she goes, oh, oh, you're right. He does. And it, we like, you know, we, we just decided on it. And um, it was a hard decision. It, it was hard to wrap our head but around it. But it was right. And then, uh, you know, we, I, a family friend of mine passed away. And I remember using that because I, I hadn't really, I mean, I've been very blessed in my life. I haven't really lost many people. Um and I remember, and then no one that close to me before. And I remember just like using that grief to finally be able to identify what it's like when someone's just gone not there. Anymore. Yeah, that was a hard one. Yeah, that that's what I mean by a hard moment to write because, like, even though we had decided it, it, it had to happen. It was plotted. We knew the bare bones were there. <laughs> you go back and you read Emily's writing on it, like trying to edit it. And you're just, you can't even, you can't even see through the tears. <laughs> it's like so hard to then take a step back and be like, okay, thinking critically, like writer mode, <laughs> not reader. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one still rereading that still gets me. <laughs> and I'm excited to see like, where that takes all of our characters in the next novel, right? Because we're going to deal with that right away at the start. I assume anyways, who knows, but all of our characters will have changed from it. And a necessary moment to happen, I think, for the development of our main characters. And, like, I'm excited to see what Adrian looks like now with, like, being more comfortable as a leader as well. And um, are we going to see her lean, like, have more anxiety again or be more comfortable now in this role with everything that transpired at the end of the last novel? So I think uh, good things to come. And, like, I can't wait for hopefully in three months from now I'll be reading a copy of The Infiltration. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, the one the one little droplet that I would give for how it leads to Adrian's development is that she kind of develops another power from it. Oh, okay. Another okay. ability come, stems straight from this grief. Which was so much fun. <laughs> and we swear. <laughs> Just once. Yes. <laughs> so we have a cuss word. <laughs> Which, like, feels like weirdly naughty like it does <laughs> every time i read it i'm like well it's a it's a teen novel right you're i feel like you're allowed one though it's like in pg-13 mo- movies they're allowed like one f-bomb yeah, i think you, so you get you get one it has to be used correctly though so yes and it's like it's Capitalize. that moment too where you're like okay if i get one how do i spend it like it becomes that <laughs> exactly. very fun like kind of thought process of like is this the moment <laughs> that we cross that line um but yeah, I think we, I think we spent it well. <laughs> I just can't like, I've already praised you two ladies. Like yeah. you guys know <laughs> my stance on the book. I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. I swear every time, every, every positive review is just like, oh, it just, it just feels like it's like a teenage dream. Yeah. It's a literal teenage dream come true. <laughs> Well, I can't top Matt's praise. I'll just say again, though, absolutely love the book and can't wait for the next one. And yeah, I mean, 
it was an absolute blast having you two on. Loved hearing you two talk about the writing process, and uh, it seems like it was a like I said earlier, match made in heaven, and absolutely delivered. So thanks a lot for joining us. Do you have any final notes for the audience? Oh, just you know, well, to you guys, thanks for having us, and to anyone listening, read the book. Book two is coming. <laughs> it's available on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> if I can say that normally. <laughs> and Indigo.ca. Yeah. Amazon Prime and Indigo.ca. Um, yeah, and thank you guys so much. This is amazing. Uh, that was, I could have done this all night. Just heard you fan fanboy about the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, you absolutely killed it on here. Yeah, the uprising. Buy it on Amazon. You know, just <laughs> look forward for infil- the infiltration dropping soon. And Matt um, killed it as per usual. Any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, everybody, read read the uprising. And I know my mom's listening, and you will be reading this one, mom. <laughs> she already knows this because she's a huge fan. She got me into the genre, you know. So, um, and just everybody, like I always say, just everybody, stay safe out there and stay strong. And um, thank you, thank thank you to you two ladies for coming on. I I learned a lot, and like it, time sped. Like I I loved it. Loved hearing you talk. Thank you. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And yeah, peace.